was interested in my wife read that scripture. <laughs> you know, because I was going to continue on, well, we are going to continue on warning of God's judgments to the nation, but I uh, was sharing with Phil before service that I was up this morning early and the Lord just switched things up on me in scripture, so uh, I'm, I'm going to try to get through this because uh, <laughs> it wasn't nothing that I, I studied out during the week. Amen. So, but, you know, Marsha read uh, Psalm 37 where it said it in there multiple times, not to fret, right? We see a lot of things going on in the world, you know, see the war going on, and there's plenty of things we can fret over, right? Sickness, you know, finances, things like that, but God is in control. God is in control, and that's something that we have to remember, that God, you know, through it all, regardless of what goes on in this world, God is in control, right? So we, we have to remind ourselves of that sometimes, because Sometimes, you know, even at work, we can find ourselves getting stressed. How am I going to get this done? How am I going to get that done? I don't have time for this. I, you know, look, God is in control. Right? So even when we don't have time, guess what? God can extend time because God is not bound by time right. like we are. Right? And that, those are things that we have to remember, you know. Uh, so we just have to. We should be in peace. all the time. We should be in peace. But, like I said, it's something we got to remind ourselves of all the time because, you know, we live in a world. We live in a fallen world, right? And we have this flesh, right? So it, it could be anything that, that can cause us to, to get stirred up, right? In, in the wrong way. But through it all, we're not afraid. We're not afraid. Because ultimately, everything's in the palm of God's hands, including us. He has it. So nobody can pluck us up out of his hand. The enemy he can't plug us up out of his hand. Man can't plug us up out of his hand. All right? And, and it's interesting that she read that because let's turn to uh, 2 Kings chapter 19. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But I'll give you time to flip the pages. I like hearing the pages flip. Maybe I need to go back to regular hard code. <laughs> I do enjoy hearing the pages flip and stuff. So <laughs> you know, how, how many of y'all heard of uh, Sennacherib? That's all right. We're going to talk a little bit about him today. Because <laughs> he was somebody that caused Israel to fret, to, to be worried. And even in this day and time, we can find ourselves fretting over little things. Well, not little things, I should say. But even with Russia attacking Ukraine, you know, and you have Christians over there in Ukraine that may be fretting, right? But they have to be reminded as well that God has a control Right, because we, my wife was, uh, I'll, I'll get to the scripture in a minute, but she was watching the show uh, this week, and I forgot what day it was, and uh, it was on a Christian station, and I was ironing my clothes, and I'm listening to these people talk. I'm not really watching it, but I'm listening, and then they said something, so I began to chuckle. <laughs> you know, not a full out laughter, but a little chuckle inside, and then. One of the things that one of the gentlemen said, I think he was the only guy on there. I think it was all women. and um, They're all Christian people. And one of the things that he said was, he started talking about, you know, um, the United States and Russia and basically, and then saying, and, and talking about China. And what he said was, in reference to Russia, was, well, you know, we don't really have to worry about Russia too much now, right? But the only reason why he said that is because of what's going on in Ukraine. But what we have to be mindful of is this. We don't know what part God is playing in this, 
right? Because it is unusual for military people just to give themselves up. Right? That, 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 that's not normal. And even, even for Russia, because they're known not to quit and give up. They, they, you know, they're known to keep fighting. So, and we know, especially this was an end-time person, right? Um, that Russia has a part in the end times, right? Russia, China. So they're not going nowhere, right? So no matter how we look at it and say, oh, they're struggling with it. And this is why I said we need to pray for the president because he began, you know, a couple weeks ago, he, he began to get a little bit cocky and a little bit arrogant because Russia was struggling over there in Ukraine. It's like, oh, well, they can't beat us. You know, we got, they can't even handle Ukraine. Because in the natural, they should be able to handle Ukraine. Right, truth be told. But we don't know where God is in the midst of this. Right? Because he may not want them to do that yet. Right? He may not want them to defeat Ukraine. Because who knows what Putin may do after that. Right? So I have no doubt God has a hand on this. And even after being in the military for all the years, there was uh, I would hear certain, you know, military people talk. And how, because when I first went in, you had two superpowers, really. United States and Russia, Soviet Union, right? Then the, the Soviet Union had their collapse. And then a lot of people in the military started to get big-headed and say, all right, we're the top, we're the best, nobody's going to beat us. Now, because, you know, I don't know if you all remember when the Soviet Union fell, you would see video and glimpses of all, you know, the submarines and stuff untaken care of, you know what i and, and it was not a pretty picture. And it would give you an impression like, yeah, it can't even be the little country right now because they were so disarrayed the way things look. But we have to understand, regardless of how much firepower we think we may have, we can't defeat God. Right? So and we have to understand, soon as God finished using us for his purpose, oh, we're, we're gone. <laughs> this country is not going to last forever. And that's just a fact, right? So we we can't become so arrogant in that. And sometimes, even when you read in the Bible in the Old Testament, that people could become when they start whether whether it was Babylon or Syria or the Romans, because they were the dominant force at that time, they began to become overconfident and arrogant. Nobody can beat us. But guess what? Every last one of them got beat. Right? They got defeated. So, no nation is exempt. So, especially when you start turning against God. And, and we see an influx of that in this country. Where, you know, whether it's transgender, homosexuality, abortion, all these things, sexual sins, all these things are in play. And all these things are leading up to God's wrath eventually coming to this country, right? But God still has a purpose for us right now. And what we have, and I, and I, and I mentioned it last week that I gave the example of uh, when Abraham was communicating with the Lord and he said, Lord, it was just ten people, right? But we, what I was reminded of this week as I was studying is this. Guess what? Even as Christians, we can still go into captivity, right? Because we all heard of Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, right? Three prophets all around the same time, right? And they all had three different outcomes with Babylon. So Jeremiah, we know, known as the weeping prophet, right? He came, was given one message, while the false prophets were given another message. 
And then what happened? They imprisoned Jeremiah. But then Babylon came, and guess what? They did take Jeremiah captive, but then they released him. Right? Oh, actually, they, if I'm not mistaken, and I didn't read this, but I think they gave him an option to come with them or stay here. So he chose to stay. Daniel, we all know about Daniel. Daniel got to go to the palace. Right? He was taken captive. And, you know, initially it looked like he had it bad, but then he actually had it pretty good. Right? Well, guess what? In that second wave of exiles, Ezekiel was taken. Ezekiel didn't get to go to the palace. He was on the outskirts with the exile. Right? And you know what? The funny part is this. Both Ezekiel and Daniel were prophesying. Daniel was prophesying to the wicked people. Right? The paganistic people. Ezekiel was prophesying to Israel. The pagans were listening to Daniel. But the Jews weren't listening to Ezekiel. So that's why, if you read Ezekiel, that's why he had to get act out his visions and his prophecies. Because they weren't listening to his words. Right? So we have to be careful of thinking, you know, because we, we got to get out of this escape mentality sometimes. And, and even if we go through, we have to remember that God is always in control. Through it all, no, no, no matter what's going on. So even if another country comes and invades us, guess what? We still may be taken captive. Right? But that's okay. We still have to focus in on God. Do what God's telling us to do. And be obedient to Him. Because as long as we're obedient to Him, we'll be covered. See, Israel was never supposed to lose a battle. But they couldn't remain obedient to God. They, they kept, instead of following God's ways, they wanted to follow the ways of the people. Right? <laughs> on the outside. And and the people on there, y'all heard me talk about it before, the people on the outside were looking at them, wait a minute, y'all, God is trying to defend you. <laughs> you know, your God has did this and then, and, and what? What's the matter? We can't be like that, right? We don't, we don't want to be like that. And that's why we, it's good for us to learn from history, and that's why the Old Testament and the New Testament is there for us, to learn from other things. All right, so, oh, the other thing they talked about, there's two points, <laughs> Good thing for notes. So the other thing they talked about was they were talking about the government, right? And they were talking about the, the you know how the government is uh, deceiving us and all these things. Now these are Christians, right? It's, it, it, it always makes me again laugh. I guess I should use the word I don't laugh. Chuckle right? on the inside when I hear people talk about the government, but they never work for the government, right? They, they never worked for the government, never been on the inside, never been on the intelligence, but then yet, because I have had people argue with me over the years, and not, not argue, but disagreement over the years, and I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. No, they don't, that, that's not how it works. And they'll come back and say, oh, no, this is what I, what? I'm telling you, I experienced it firsthand, it doesn't go like that, right? We, we, we don't have that capability, you're watching too many movies, right? <laughs> But yet, they will still come back and argue because of based on things that they've heard. And, you know, I had to learn over the years just take a step back and just be quiet. Because, you know, I know the truth, right? And, I, and I've been out of the game for a few years. You know, I retired back in 2013. But certain things we have to be careful. And well, one of the things that they were talking about is reference to uh, COVID and things like that. And here's the thing. Matthew 24, Jesus warns us of all these things taking place, right? So why are we now going to say, well, you know what? The government's doing 
amidst the government trying to fool us. When Jesus warned us, because what did I just talk about Wednesday? Something else is gonna come, right? And, and then lo and behold, now you got the monkeypox, right? <laughs> there, there's always gonna be something coming, there's, and there's gonna be something else. Yeah. But we can't sit up there and just say and dismiss it when Jesus warned us about this years ago. That verse 20, uh, chapter 24, and you can read the whole chapter. I suggest you read the whole chapter. I know we read it before, but read the whole chapter again. In uh, verse 7, and it, it talks about how there's going to be earthquakes taking place. And you know there's an app for earthquakes. I, I think I, I, back when we were at the house, I talked about that, that. There's earthquakes every day in this country. We just don't hear about it. We just don't hear about it. Pestilence. So it's not, it should not be a surprise when we start to hear about all these things and, and we need to get out of the mindset of saying, well, they're trying to deceive us for some things because... These are the very things Jesus warned us of. Right? So now we can be in danger of becoming like Israel was to Ezekiel. Because we're trying to fight the system when, you know, we don't care about what man says. We care about what the Word of God says. And if Jesus warned us of this, because we are in the end time. We can't say, see, because we like to say we're in the end times, but then when we talk about disease and pestilence, we're like, oh, no, they're pulling the wool over our eyes. Jesus just spoke. He, he spoke about these things. And we, I, we've all, I guarantee we've all read it multiple times. But then we, we kind of disregard it. Because we listen to certain people. And we're like, no. Because, you know, we're not being malicious with it. But what we tend to do is look out of our lens. From how we were raised. Places we've been. Right? And I was telling my wife. Uh, and I don't know how I got on the subject. But. I literally counted how many places I visited like a few weeks back, right? And, I, and I'm sure I missed some, but I visited at least, I'm talking about foots on the ground, at least 30 states in, in this country, and then at least 14 different countries, right? And sometimes we can, and I have friends growing up in high school, they never left the city. They may, they may have left the Bronx to go to maybe Manhattan or Brooklyn, but that's about it. And I can remember they would always tell me about, they can always tell me about something else, but they've never been there. And I'm like, how can you tell me about somewhere when you never even left the city? What do you know? Because right? you only see it. And then sometimes, I, I bring that up because sometimes as Christians, we can find ourselves doing that. We view it as, you know, from the comforts of the United States. And we've talked about it before. We, don't, we, we haven't really experienced somebody attacking us in our lifetime, right? Really, we come closest to uh, September 11th, right? All right? And then even now, our kids in school, they weren't even alive for that. Well, so, or they were real young, so they don't even remember that time, right? But I'm pretty sure now, for most of us as in, we can remember what we were doing back then, just like people who can remember during Pearl Harbor what they were doing. So we just have to be careful because, say, sometimes while... We have easy, some people even in this country, they complain about traveling 30 minutes to come to church. You heard me say, some people say, oh, I would come, but uh, that's kind of far. I'm like, you know, I don't sweat it because, you know, you got a church right there in the backyard they don't even go to. But then you have Christians in other countries that walk miles just to get to church, to fellowship with one another, to hear the word. But in this country, we won't find ourselves doing it, right? I got, uh, I'll just watch it on TV. Other countries don't have that luxury, yeah. right? And even, you know, I hear people complain about this country, 
After visiting all the places, there's no other country I'd rather live. Amen. <laughs> there's no other country I'd rather live. And I can say that because I've been to other countries. I See, we complain about this country, but what's good about this country, you, you get to complain about your country and not be taken to jail and not be beaten up. <laughs> See, because if you were in Russia or China, you wouldn't have that luxury. If you were in, in Iraq or Saudi Arabia, you wouldn't have that. See, we can come to church freely. We can stand outside and say, Jesus is Lord here in this country. They can't do that over there. I remember being in Saudi Arabia when I was traveling to Iraq. I flew a commercial. And they, they said, pack your Bible in your suitcase. Why? Because they persecute Christians over there. Right? Now, we would have some Christians that would say, well, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm going to carry my Bible. I'm like, oh, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. I guarantee you would. <laughs> because you just turn the pot. Right? Because it's a different, you, again, we like to look at view things in this country. Yeah, because we have that freedom in this country. Right? But over there, you don't have that freedom. Right? You, you don't, you, you, won't, you, you would not scream Jesus out loud. You there's just certain things we want to do. So, even in this country, now, even taking homosexuality. See, they speak freely about it. Russia, they're not going to do that. China, they're not going to do that. Right? There's certain things we allowed here that other countries don't. But then, that's what gets me sometimes when I hear people complain about this country. But yet, they never get nowhere. It's like, you don't realize how good you have it here. <laughs> You know, and even when we say, well, they take God out of school, they take God, no, they didn't. Because as long as we're Christians, as long as we have access to the schools, God's still in it. Amen. Right? So, even in working in the city and working for government, yeah, I went to retirement a couple weeks ago. Guess who they asked to bless the food? Me. And guess how I ended the prayer? In Jesus' name. Nobody said nothing. Nobody said nothing. They didn't take it. You know what, matter of fact, now I might prove it again. I, I might put Jesus Christ at the bottom of my signature on my email. I, I, I guarantee you nobody's going to say nothing. Nobody's going to say nothing. But see, sometimes we make things bigger than what they really are. <laughs> but ultimately, God is in control. I don't even know how I got along that line. Alright, so 2 Kings chapter 19. First, let me give you a little background here. This is where, now we're dealing, I talked about the Assyrians um, last week. And uh, Sennacherib was basically uh, uh, one of the kings for Assyria. And here he was about to attack Judah, uh, Jerusalem and Hezekiah. And in chapter, this is chapter 18. We're going to start with 19. But in uh, 18, he comes, he sends a message to Hezekiah, and he's wanting them to give up. And Hezekiah does make a mistake in putting his trust in Egypt, in the Pharaoh. And um, Snaggerib and his officials, they're making a mockery saying, hey, the Pharaoh can't protect you. <laughs> Y'all think he's going to protect you, but he can't protect you. Because he's saying, look, he's saying, we done wiped out everybody. Right? Their gods couldn't stop them. What makes you think your God is going to stop us? Now, based on history, he has a reason to think that because what? <laughs> God used Assyria as an instrument to persecute Israel because of their disobedience. That's why, that goes back to why Jonah was upset. Because they were treated very badly under that. Right? But see, 
it's a problem when, again, it's leader getting prideful. Now you're not attacking Israel, but now you're attacking God. Right? So, again, you can't fight God. Now, I don't care how powerful the nation is, God's judgment is coming to every nation. Right? Some are going to be sooner, some are going to be later. Right? But either way, His judgment is coming to every nation and every person that has ever walked this planet. Alright, so beginning at verse 1. And so it was, when King Hezekiah heard it, that he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. Then he said, Eliakim, who was over the household, Shebna the scribe, and the elders of the priests covered with sackcloth to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. Verse 3. And they said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy. For the children have come to birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God will hear all the words of the rapture, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to reproach the living God and will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. So, so the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah, and Isaiah said to them, Thus you shall say to your master, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid of the words which you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Surely I will send a spirit upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and return, his, return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. We can stop right there. So, here, they get a word from the Lord. Okay? So, Again, it's not Israel that's going to fight Assyria. It's the Lord. So, we're all familiar with the 185,000 men that were slaughtered by the angel. That's stemming from this. Okay? What happens is, Sennacherib ends up going back home and he ends up getting killed by his two sons. And just like uh, the word was prophesied here in uh, verse 7. Alright, so let's turn to 2 Chronicles 32. Second Chronicles chapter 32. And understand that these chapters are uh, 2 Kings 18, 19, 2 Chronicles 32, and Isaiah 37, all telling the same story. Courageous, do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. So we can start right there. So Hezekiah is encouraging them, saying, Look, it's not us. They're coming with their flesh, but God is going to protect us. In the same way, we got to look at it with us. God, as God's son and daughters, he's going to protect us. Mm -hmm. So it goes back again. We're not to be afraid of what goes on in this world because ultimately God is in control, right? Mm -hmm. And then this goes back again to countries thinking they're invincible 
and things like that. But they're not. Because as soon as God strikes, guess what? It's over. So we know, according to the end times, that what? Nations are going to come, and they think they're going to be able to fight against Jesus Christ. All right? But they're not going to win. They're not going to win. But yet, there is coming, and it's already being prepped. Right? So even with these superhero movies, they all when they do the villains, <laughs> right? When they do the villains, they, the villains always in Marvel DC they always make the villain be like Jesus Christ. Isn't it funny how we got a space force? What are, what, what are we gonna fight? I'm still trying to figure that out. What, what are we gonna fight? Because these are uh, creatures that they're saying they're angels. We can't fight no angels, not by the flesh, right? So we have to learn to walk in the spirit and do battle in the spirit, right? So we can't become so overconfident and think, oh, because we're in this country and we have all this firepower, we're good. No, we're not, <laughs> right? Because like I said, we know Russia's in the end times. We know China's in the end times. We know Israel's definitely in the end times. And we know Middle East countries are in the end times. Guess what? Don't make mention of the U.S. So we can't become overconfident and think, oh, yeah, we're good. No, because as soon as God, like I said, as soon as God's hand of protection is gone. Watch what happens. Right? It's going to be a whole downward spiral of things taking place. Right? And, you know, I don't know how it's going to be. It could be financial or whatever. I don't know. Right? But... We have to understand this, that regardless, not just taking away from the nations, but again, bringing it back to us. Whenever we face obstacles, whenever we face situations, we got to go to God in prayer. Amen. All right? We can't get in the uproar because the workings of the flesh is going to be just like Sennacherib and Assyria. It's just going to be an arm of the flesh. Right? No. But we got to go to prayer and we got to do battle in the spirit. And here's the thing. Sometimes it may take a little bit, just like it did with Daniel. Daniel was praying and fasting. But when the angel got there, he said, look, <laughs> the prince of Persia was holding me up. Well, look, that was an angel. That was a fallen angel out there trying to keep the answer prayer from coming. So we have to be consistent in our prayers. And, we, and see, sometimes we can get weary in our prayers. <laughs> We, we, we can get weary. We're like, I've been praying for this for so long. When is it going to happen? When is breakthrough going to come? Yeah? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But you know what? God knows. And we have to know, and we have to always remind ourselves that God knows the end from the beginning. God is not bound by time like we are. See, even though we want the answers to our prayers right now, God knows when we need it. And guess what? He may not answer it right now. Right? And if he doesn't, that's okay. It's okay. We may not see it that way. We, we, you know, I'll speak for myself. There's times I've caught fits with God. Like, oh, when is this going? Wait, when? When When can I get out of this situation? When? I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm just talking to myself because he ain't hearing it. <laughs> Why? Because he's God. He, he, he's God. He's in control. And I talked about the job that I had when I got out of the Navy where they were making me stay late all the time. I'm like, all right, I need something else. I, and, you know, I was more than qualified for other jobs. 
but nobody would, nobody else would hire me because it wasn't God's time. God needed me there for a reason. And later on, I knew why. Right? We don't understand why there's a weight in our prayer sometimes. But you know what? God knows. But we have to learn to trust Him in every area. We have to learn to just wait upon the Lord. Right? And then even if people, things are coming against us, we need to do what Moses told Israel in Exodus 14, 14. I'm going to read it. You can take it down your notes. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Amen. <laughs> Simple as that. But we don't see it that way. right? So even through COVID, even with this monkeypox, guess what? The Lord's going to fight for us. Just stay calm. We don't need to panic. We don't need to go and, and, and argue with this person and argue with that person. No. Remember, Jesus is the example we follow. That's not what Jesus did. Right? No. Hey, we got to stay in the Word. We got to keep praying. And guess what? We give Him the Word. Praise God. We done saying it here a few times, different verses. This is how I fight my battles. Right? So how do we fight our battles? By the Spirit. Because as long as we fight in the flesh, that's how we get worried. That's how we get worried. Because guess what? A lot of things that are going in the world today are spiritual. Amen. But we're trying to combat it with flesh. Yes. See, and, and this is why the government will have trouble. Because they're trying to, you got the elephant and you got the donkey arguing with each other. It's all flesh. It's all flesh. But this is where the saints have to come in and pray. Right? Because prayer is important. And then we talked about it before. A lot of churches don't pray. A lot of Christians don't pray. They'll pray too many prayer when they get up in the morning before they go to bed. That's it. No, we have to learn to be intercessors. Right? Now, I'm not saying you got to pray all night. Right? You pray as God leads you. Right? But our lifestyle has to become a habit of prayer. That is what's going to make the difference. Right? That is what's going to bring breakthrough. Right? That's what will extend this country. <laughs> right? Because, yeah, we got a wicked leader in office making wicked decisions. Guess what? Everyone before him was wicked too. And the one that's going to come after him is going to be wicked too. Right? So, our job is to intercede for them. Right? Because they all make a wicked decision. Why? Because they're sinners. That's what they're going to do. Right? But, as long as we argue and we fight about it, we're not going to get nowhere. But prayer is what makes a difference in everything. Right? And we have to remember that no matter what, no matter who's in charge, I don't care what nation, God has them in place. That's right. God has them in place. Right? We may not like them. We don't have to like them. <laughs> we don't have to like them. We don't have to like their decisions. Right? But God has them in place. Uh, real quick, turn to Daniel chapter 4. Nebuchadnezzar's second dream, and he's calling for his uh, wise men and everything else. And we all know who's going to interpret, you know, Daniel. Right? So we're, um, I'm going to skip some verses here, but we're going to go to verse 17, Daniel 4, 17. This decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones. 
in order that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, gives it to whomever he will, and sets over it the lowest of men. Now jump to verse 25. See, what happened is this, before we start to read. Nebuchadnezzar started to get prideful. Again, when you start having victories and you start being a conqueror, now you become, you think you become invincible. Alright, verse 25. They shall drive you from men, your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over you, till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, and gives it to whomever he chooses. So remember what I talked about last week, how before God brings judgment, he sends a warning. Right? This is Nebuchadnezzar's warning here. Okay? And for those that may not be familiar, Nebuchadnezzar does repent. And then Nebuchadnezzar, eventually, he goes on and his son takes over, and then his son does like what Assyria did. And goes back to living their way and becomes prideful. And guess what? Lose the kingdom. Why? Now, it, did, it wouldn't make sense in the natural because Babylon was strong. Just like Assyria was strong. Right? And then we know, and see, here's the thing. You had Babylon, you had the Medo-Persians, you had the Greeks and you, the Romans. Each one of them were weaker than the other. But they defeated the stronger one. Why? Because God was in play. That's why we have to be careful <laughs> on becoming overconfident even as a country. This is why we have to pray for our leaders so they don't make or continue to make dumb decisions and become overconfident. Uh, verse 31. While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you, until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, and gives it to whomever he chooses. Now, this is again, second time he says it. So that, that seven times is seven years that he was out, that he lost the kingdom, because he wasn't in his right mind. So they put him, instead of you would think that they would take care of him as the king, but no, they put him outside. <laughs> they put him outside. But he eventually comes back to his right mind. Verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol the honor of the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth, and his ways justice. And those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. See, pride is a dirty, dirty sin. <laughs> it is. Pride is a dirty, dirty sin. I mean, why? Because the devil is full of pride. And see, sometimes we could become prideful and not realize it. All right? So, and, and, and see, even false humility is pride. Right? So, if someone tries to come and, and bless us, and we're like, no, that, that's still a form of pride. Right? I, I had to learn to say yes. Right? I, I did. I did. I had to learn to say yeah, because I was like, no, no, no. I, you know, I want to be the one to bless. <laughs> but I had to realize, oh, that's a form of pride too. So I had to be careful of that. Right? So understand this. We know the devil is the ruler of this world. But no matter what, God is in control. So whatever rumors we're hearing and things like that, know that God is in control. <laughs> God will protect 
those who are his. Right? And even those who are not his, guess what? God's not enemies with them. He's enemies with, with sin. That what separates us as believers is we've been washed with the blood of Christ. <laughs> what separates them as unbelievers is they're still bound in their sin. See, so God is not against. See, God doesn't send anybody to hell. Hell was not made for man. Hell was reserved for the devil and his angels. Period. Right? But the fact that those who do not come to Christ are bound in sin, guess what? If they don't repent, they're going to hell. And for those that may not know, hell is not the final resting place. Hell is just a place of torment. So they're being tormented until the end. Until the end, until they go to the lake of fire. Right? But God's plan was not for man to go there. Because right? if it was, he wouldn't have sent Jesus. Right? So, again, once again, would it be a sounding board to people? Right? Because God made a way out. He made a way of escape for us that, you know, man would not have to go. That, yes, that while sin has a penalty upon it, guess what? That penalty has been paid by the blood of Christ. Okay? So, again, God, so even with these nations, you know, all throughout history, God's coming against them because of their sinful nature. Right? But again, his mercy causes him to bring warning. Just like he did with Nineveh, with Jonah, right? And then, as time went on, they forgot, right? So, once we get back to Nahum, the king, he can repent all he wants to, but once God's decision for judgment has come, it's done. It's done, right? There ain't going to be no Moses <laughs> coming, hey, God, no, that, that, that's not happening no more, right? And... Again, ain't gonna be no Jesus with you going, you're dying, you're going to hell, you're going to hell now, you're not coming out. Right? You're not coming out. So why even take that chance? Right? Because no matter what we're called to do, none of us are promised tomorrow. That's right. None of us are promised tomorrow. But we take it for granted. Truth be told, we take it for granted. Because sometimes we're like, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and no way, we're not, you know, we're just talking. But we do take it for granted sometimes because it's easy to do. And let's face it, we can be comfortable in this country. Right? We don't have to worry about people coming through the doors to arrest us for preaching Christ, teaching the Bible. Right? Now, some churches in this country, they're dealing with people coming in and shooting. Right? But, you know, and, and that's unfortunate, but we don't know what's going on in those churches either. Okay? But this is even more why we have to pray because things like that are going to keep happening. Right? Because, and, and, and Jesus says again in Matthew 24, but realize the end is not near. The end is not yet, rather. Right? So, that's why I said it's going to be more. There'll be something else coming out. I don't know, cat pox or something. I don't know. <laughs> They're coming up with all these creative names. It, it'll be something. <laughs> you know, I don't know, giraffe pox, something. But, there's going to be more coming. There's going to be more vaccines and all that stuff created, right? Oh, yeah. Let us not be caught off guard. And we know the vaccines are because of money, right, ultimately. But let, let us not be ignorant to the times that we are in. 
right? Let us not overlook these things, right? Now is the time that we have to pray and we have to not forsake the assembly, right? Because Amen. even as time goes, it, it, it's like a, as all these things keep happening, it's going to apply more and more pressure, more and more pressure. And what's going to happen is it's going to separate the real Christians from those who are pretending. And that, that's true be told. And in some that we think in the real, they're, they're pretending. Right? And, and they may not know that they're pretending. Right? But we have to get the word on the inside. That's what's going to keep us. Our prayers and having the word on the inside of us. Amen. So that way when we're faced with those situations, guess what? That's what's going to come out of us. Remember I talked about it before. When that pressure hits, what's going to come out of us? Is cursing going to come out of us? <laughs> or is it the word? Because we still have this flesh. Right? And let's face it, this flesh sometimes wants to get angry. This flesh sometimes wants to get frustrated. Right? But again, we want to keep this flesh in subjection, and sometimes we have to walk away. Right? That's not a bad thing. That, that's, you know, and sometimes we can look at it, even, at, at, even as men, we can look at it and say, no, nah, I'm not going to walk away. I'm going to be a man about this situation. Being a real man is being like Christ, right? <laughs> and remaining silent and, and, and just listening, right? So we don't have to go in all. This, this is why I, I, I've cautioned before, even with apologetics, because we men, we can argue about anything, right? We we can argue about anything, and we still be good, right? We we, we argue about sports. We all grown up. We grown up arguing about sports. Who's the greatest dunker? Things like that. Who's the greatest scorer? Best home run hitter? Best pitcher? We argue about stuff like that. We're good. That's why apologetics is easy. So that's why I say be careful of that because people can, who are Christian, will argue apologetics, and it, because they think they're arguing the scriptures, they're really arguing from the flesh. And I'm not saying nobody's called to do that, right? But you got to be careful of that because if you're doing it and you're becoming angry. That might not be God. That might be your flesh. Okay? Yeah, right. that, that might be your flesh. So you gotta be mindful of those things. Right? We don't we don't, we don't want to get lost in certain things. We gotta be careful of those. Amen. Amen. So I'm uh, I'm gonna stop right there.